It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades, an aloe vera lubricating strip, and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 
$1 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a very special episode of He Said, She Said, where we are combining several of our shows into a massive juxtapalooza. I am your hostess tonight, Aggie, and with me are the most learned gentlemen on the subject, our producer, Rick, our friend, Jeff, and the ever Amish, Forty. How are you guys doing? Hello. <laughs> well, since, since my theme was not... Played. I don't have Let me say my to appearance theme, tonight sir. is brought to you in part by. <laughs> that probably didn't come through, but it might have. Um, <laughs> and also from Frost Beer Works, Star Child, made with New Zealand hops, for when you want to be a little lost wonder and also a little Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, to be fair, you know, Alpha Centauri music is not on our decibel range. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm so, sure. so, I'm so there's sure no, that. I'm pretty sure nobody. It's not it. meant for human ears, Jeff. That's just it, Jeff. <laughs> I did, I did play part of your intro during the fade, but nobody could hear it because it's out of our desk. <laughs> See? Yeah. Okay. Fine. You just have to cut. You have to. You have to like 
really come down to our level. <laughs> but, I'll you try. Know, but you know, speaking, you gotta slum it. Speaking of the beer you mentioned, nobody wants to be part Lord of the Rings right now, sir. Nobody. You mean the rangs of power? <laughs> the rangs of power. <laughs> I, I, rangs. I, I saw love- it. Saw this beer tonight at the, at the grocery store. I looked at my son. And I said, "Yeah, this is the perfect beer for tonight." So I had to grab it. Nice. <laughs> and because I'm representing the Southwest, I've got Tecate. Very nice. And I'm representing Puerto Rico. And today I managed to find a bottle of Ron de Barrilitos, which is very, very rare in the states. So that's what I'm drinking. And I found it in a damp county, a moist county. <laughs> I found it in Webb County, <laughs> Dallas County. <laughs> yeah. I had to drive way to hell. Actually, no, it wasn't Dallas County. I was right outside. It was Rockwall. Because Dallas, I think, is still just damp, not wet. So I'm moist. not sure. It was, yeah. It was, well, it was moist. Okay. Moving on. It was moist. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm representing all of Redneck Kind right now because I'm drinking apple pie moonshine. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there's that alright so um, this was your brainchild Aggie what do you want to, where do you want to go first no it's just you know I unfortunately don't get to join y'all's shows because I'm either at church or I'm off doing something or whatever she's watching Perry Mason don't let her lie to you or, or watching Perry Mason this is true I am a big Perry Mason, I don't care if I've seen the episode a hundred times, I'll watch it again. I just do not care. <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like my best friend with He Said, She Said. Every time I hang out with her, that is on the TV, and she's seen like every episode like eight million times. And I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I know them word for word, and I'm like, yeah, no. So she, t- <laughs> so she took pity on me the other day and turned on Will and Grace instead, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just I have an affinity for all of these old TV shows because, as you guys know, I'm really into um, old vintage furniture and refinishing and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, Wait, wait. Did you say you're in the old guys? How you old. doing, Aggie? <laughs> How you doing? Giggity. I'm the oldest guy on this panel tonight. I can say it. Toxics on Wednesday, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, like I was saying, aside the old guys, but old furniture actually really, you know, I learn a lot by looking at these old TV shows. But I also like Perry Mason. <laughs> I like the fact that he can get somebody on the stand and actually say, I had to kill him, don't you see? I had to. I mean, seriously, I'm, like 50% of the shows, the person in the last five minutes of the TV show that's on the stand. I had to do it. I had to. <laughs> it's so awesome. Can you imagine if you ever got Jessica Fletcher on the stand, which she would confess to? <laughs> the most infamous serial killer of TV, <laughs> TV history. <laughs> I love the fact that, it, and, and yes, I've seen almost every episode at least 50 times of, you know, Murder, She Wrote. But I love the fact that they actually lampooned that in several episodes. They, you know, she would be she would be at some precinct somewhere, you know, answering questions. And the, you know, the guy in charge of the investigation was like, look, lady, I looked you up. And it's it's really weird that every time you come into town, somebody dies. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they actually. 
<laughs> and that wasn't the only time they've, they've actually referenced that quite a bit. But, um, well, let me yeah, th- she's not... Th- think about it for a second. The character is a, mur- is a murder mystery writer. What she doesn't tell anybody is they're all true stories. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's... It's... it's I You know, I... I a friend of mine gave me a shirt with her face, her sweet face, you know, just looking at you. And it says, I, I did it. Yes, I killed them all. <laughs> we really should have done it in mugshot format or wanted poster format. <laughs> she, she rips off the mask and it's herself. Zoinks! When a show runs that long, when they do decide to break the fourth wall. Uh-huh. Like well, you know, and it was it was really weird because um, I believe that show lasted twelve seasons, and then two extra seasons of the TV movies. And um, the reason that it was only twelve seasons was that Les Moonves actually changed her um, her TV slot, which was perfect. They switched it from her usual night to Thursday nights. Which was a dead night, you know, because that was up against, you know, um, you know, the all of the shows on NBC. Yeah, so he effectively that was against must see TV. On yeah, Thursday. must see TV, and so they effectively killed um, the uh, the episode. But you know, from what I understand, reading up on, believe it or not, there is history attached to this TV show. <laughs> But reading up on it, they had planned for at least another five seasons. I mean, it was that popular. And it the, the popularity did not wane until they changed the TV slot and put her on Thursdays. And then, you know, the people that were so used to seeing her, I think it was a Sunday night show, um, you know, they couldn't watch her on Thursdays anymore. And so it just, CBS effectively killed that TV show, which was their their biggest draw. So, you know. Whatever. CBS murdered she, Jessica she got her Fletcher. revenge. <laughs> CBS murdered mm-hmm. Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So but she got her revenge. You know, you know just got fired. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's little stream of consciousness gives me a great idea. We need to bring back one more Scooby Doo cartoon movie, so at the end they can unmask the villain, and it's Jessica Fletcher. Oh, but Madlock has to be in there somewhere. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you kids and that stupid dog. Yeah, it, it, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Jessica Matlock and and uh, hell yeah, throw in Perry Mason. He had a few movies in the same time frame. Yeah, I mean, honestly, let, let's just bring them all back. We could do like a Scooby Doo mystery palooza. It could be uh, oh, oh oh and diagnosis murder. That's what I was gonna say. You're forgetting Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I'll play the role of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> You're too white for that, sir. I think they had a token On guy. this planet. <laughs> oh, that's right. On this planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. The spectrum of light's different where you're from, so you're dark there. <laughs> yep. Little Mermaid. And <laughs> <laughs> now there's a piece of tail. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Jesus. My I, days at Disney are coming back to haunt me. Let's not talk about that bitch. <laughs> I can get to a room full of guys and suddenly she's talking about piece of tail. What the hell? I know. <laughs> Y'all are a bad influence. I resemble that but remark. But you knew this. <laughs> I resemble that remark. Like, exactly. I blame the Amish. <laughs> who's, who's very, very quiet right now. He probably muted himself and forgot again. Probably. 
You can't blame me. I didn't say the A word. So, so yeah, tonight, switching gears momentarily, uh, yeah, we were going to be talking about, like, um, prehistoric UFO shit. Actually, Amish isn't here anymore. Oh, he's gone? Where did Amish go? <laughs> we scared him off the show. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeff, were, were you telepathic, te- telepathically transmitting the name Alexa? Is that what happened? I think so. I, I might be guilty on this one. <laughs> oh, there he is. He's back. <laughs> Here I am. What happened? Oh, I forgot to shut my miner off, and so when I went to shut it off, my whole computer locked up. AMD uh, Wattman did not like the change of power at all. Well, that's what you get for keeping a kid locked up in a computer. Oh, you said miner, not minor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody's okay. Should- Okay, Alan Rickman. Right. <laughs> Jeff is fine. Rick is really quiet. That's because I wasn't that close to my just, mic yet. Uh, just the way we like it. <laughs> I was going to say, it was, an, so, it was an homage to the time frame that I technically didn't exist, so I tried to make it sound like I was barely here. There we go. <laughs> oh, also, before we get started, do we have a show after us? Uh, we do not, no. Oh, okay, next, so that's next week. Next week They're coming we back for next yeah, week. Next yeah, week cool, Beth. I was confused by that as well. Okay. Yeah, I thought they were moving it up. I was like, oh, damn it. Do I got to change the schedule? Nope. Again. That's next week. No. They're actually coming back. Oh, the week. regular week. They're actually coming yeah. back on their actual week, so we're fine. I'll just, I'll, just have, I'll just have to start fading Aggie up so she knows when it's time to go. <laughs> so, um, okay, so what are we talking about? Prehistoric UFO shit. Uh-huh. Yes. That's right. <laughs> that was what was discussed. Yeah, we got into a, a little bit of a discussion about that on one of the prior, I think last week. And we touched on some stuff and then it started to make me wonder because it's um, a lot of people, you know, everybody knows what cave paintings are. Everybody knows what pictographs are. Everybody knows what petroglyphs are. Everybody knows what hieroglyphics are, you know, that kind of thing. And everybody knows, and, uh, oh yeah, we were, we were shitting on Van Dyneken. That's what it was. As one does. As one does. <laughs> because he's like the perfect target for this crap. I was going to say, is um, that not a requirement? <laughs> yeah, pre- yeah, pretty much. I mean, I remember when I was in school, he was like, um, um, I mean, obviously I was in school years ago. So he was pretty prominent at the time and people were still talking about him actively and all that stuff but since you know he's he's become more of a a punching bag in this in this arena <laughs> from what i understand but you know he did actually uh, his book even though it was it, you know a lot of people have a lot of issues with it to include our friend jeff um, he did actually open up several avenues um, of thought that previously a lot of people were either loath to explore or felt that exploring it was actually outside of you know the norm and did not would not apply to uh, the standard norms in archaeology and stuff like that. So um, for that, I 
I, I give him props because he did, you know, he did push people in different directions as to, you know, starting to ask the question why and how and, you know, that kind of thing. So, so he gets props for that, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, you, Maybe. You, I mean, you are right. He did open up. I mean, it, it allowed for, we won't call it alternative history, but sure. Okay. That works. You know, the likes of Christopher Knight and Robert Wilmus and others to come in and, you know, to say, you know, maybe everything we know about history isn't right, guys. And that actually got people out of their shell a little bit where we now look at um, Indus Valley civilizations as, okay, so maybe they weren't like 12,000 BCE and after and that's it. Can't have anything before. Yeah, and... and, and it it was a little jarring because I was in school at the time and believe it or not, in the anthropology department there were two camps. There was the old school and there was the new school. The new school was where all the chicks were at. Okay. All of the female professors were in the new school because the old school did not believe that women should be in the discipline. I mean, seriously, I had to deal with those professors. Yeah, you may good with a machete, but you are not good with a whip and a pistol, so you cannot no, be an artist. Exactly, you know, and and oh, honestly, they they act <laughs> And you know, I actually had a professor who thought that what Indiana Jones did was um you know, w- was a good thing. And when I asked him why he thought that his methods of archaeology were good. Uh, his explanation was, well, back then, it was just about getting the artifact. And truthfully, that's pretty much where a lot of people still are. And when it comes to archaeology, and, and I said, well, respectfully, isn't it about learning about how that artifact came to be? Isn't that more important? And he literally shrugged me off and said, that's the anthropologist's problem, not mine. And I'm like, no, 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 dude, they're both intertwined, okay? They, they work with each other. They need each other. And uh, so, so, yeah, I had to deal. That was the old school. And, of course, but the new school also had its issues in that they um, extrapolated their theories to spite the old theories. So it wasn't necessarily that they were trying to seek new avenues of information or at least theorizing different scenarios in order to create a, a, a different theory or whatever. It was like they were, if A believed this, then let's let's push for this other thing just to piss them off. Seriously. Kind of like, that's- the, kind of like the difference between atheists and anti-theists. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was, and it was, and it was, it was so fucking annoying. Y'all have no idea. This was. Why do you think I loved it? It was a telenovela. The entire place was a freaking telenovela, and you don't really expect that from the anthropology department of any single school. But you think you think using non-remarkable mummies as <laughs> as fuel for engines is bad? Heretic. <laughs> but. Anyway, but one of one of the um, one of the new school uh, professors, he really liked von Daniken's book, and 
he always went back to it, went back to it. And, and even though there were a lot of issues with uh, some of the theories and stuff like that, that Danikin had in his book, he always felt that because that was out there, that kind of could, that gave him permission to actually theorize in other directions, you know, um, I I have a a love hate relationship with that book because he contradicts himself so many times. Yes, but but one of my themes of my 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 one show in the crease is the what if scenario, and mm-hmm. I do believe Van Donigan should get a lot of credit for opening up the what if scenario. Yeah, a lot of people will make fun of the aliens, but it's just the whole we don't have. Look at such a narrow path, and when we do this, we can we can maybe expand and and maybe lean toward possibilities of it maybe have occurred. Exactly, and so you know, it, it, some good was gleaned from it. Some that was like scooted off like the chaff or whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you're but part, you are correct. It, it did open up avenues for like you know I mentioned Christopher Knight and you know the Hiram Key <laughs> for one, you know which would the Egyptian founding of the Freemasons or God damn Zacharias Sitchin, but you know, <laughs> Dianetics before L. Ron Hubbard Sitchin. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. We have to read Dianetics. <laughs> that was like after the first chapter, I, I looked at my teacher and I said, are you serious about this right now? Do we really have to finish this? <laughs> you remember the late night infomercials? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good, that's not just me staying up late at night on acid. Good. <laughs> Replace acid with beer and a sheet sub vignette. Yeah. Uh, I it was it was like a donut and milk for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's such it's sure. a comfort food. Sure it it's, 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 the, it's the crying Indian. <laughs> this concludes our broadcast day. Where you see the Dianetics ads. Oh yeah. Man, that takes me back to the eighties. God, I wonder how much they paid for an ad back then. Couldn't have been much. Not really. I mean, especially when it was at the end of every you know. you young kids <laughs> used to end at two AM. Like just go test pattern and good night. You, you, you think you think after a show air finishes on KLRN and switches over to that anthem, just imagine a worse version anthem. <laughs> I think I remember when I think everybody remembers when HBO first arrived and uh, on the scene and uh, people started subscribing to HBO and I, I think my parents paid like like three ninety five a month for it or something like that some ridiculous price that was exorbitant then you know but HBO wouldn't start until five o'clock in the afternoon and That's then right. you know and then it would it would go off the air at two in the morning. And that's- that's the reason Ordy uh, did acid. He couldn't get the channel, so he took the acid to try to get on the save wavelength of the block channel. Yeah, well, you know, when you're sitting there watching the scrambled, you know, well, I mean, Z-band let's, satellite let's, dish porn, <laughs> you need the acid for it to come through. <laughs> I was going to say, you, know, you will watch fair. that for five he, minutes just to get a little bit of boob. He was, he was, right? dro- he was, drop- he was dropping the acid to try to keep up with the squiggles on the porn channels, not HBO. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Well, we've deviated again. <laughs> well, that's, that's what we always... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back around. We're, we're talking, you know, porn, sh- Showtime, 
we can talk Red Shoe Diaries, which switches to an actor that was in X-Files. Bam, we're back to UFOs. That's true. That's true. Uh, the original film, Red Shoe Diaries, featured David Duchovny. And then he was a, a like a, not a guest star in the TV show, but he was the narrator or the one that was reading the, the letter. He was the Rod at like the beginning. Red Shoe Diaries. That's who he was. Yeah, that was that was a horrific film, by the way. It scarred me for life. Yeah, I was just like, ah, I expected a love story and got that. I'm like, okay, no, wait a second. This. Wasn't maybe Rogers in that who later went on to replace Scully for two seasons on X Files? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything comes full circle. circle in entertainment. You know, it's you know, it's not just Kevin Bacon with the six degrees. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I mean, th- this is Hollywood we're talking about, so I think we need to add. Yeah. add we need to add. It's pretty incestual we, over we, there, so it's it's not just to be full, expected. It's not just full circle. It's full circle jerk. Just saying. It's Hollywood. Yeah, to this day, it freaks me out that she married Tom. <laughs> I mean, that was weird. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. Well, true. I mean, Edie Brickell is still married to Paul Simon, and that freaks me out. I'm like, how? How is this working? I don't get it. It's not working. They probably have separate wings. Uh, probably. Have I mean, se- have you ever seen the two stand next to each other? Nope. No. Same actually. Um, no. Wow. Look up a picture where they're standing next to each other, and you get why he's still married. <laughs> I think one of the, the funniest things I ever saw was uh, Carrie uh, Fisher's uh, one-woman show. And when she was talking about her very tumultuous relationship with Paul Simon after it dissolved and they divorced and, and everything, and he wrote one of his finest albums after that. And she she was telling the story, and she just paused and said, look, if ever you come across Paul Simon and he decides to write a song about you, do it. <laughs> <laughs> he immortalized her. She said was it wasn't. Art Garfunkel, though? Huh? Wasn't she married to Art Garfunkel? No, no. She was married to Paul Simon. Okay. Yeah. And, and he wrote Hearts and Bones. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was about their relationship and everything. He immortalized her. And she said it was ugly. And it was bitter, and it lives on, and it's one of the most beautiful things that she's ever heard. And to the to her dying day, it was the most favorite thing that he ever did for her. Even though it was about the destruction of their marriage, <laughs> she said it was still one of the favorite things that she ever got from him. So, uh, yeah, I... I could only hope that Paul Simon would write anything on a napkin about me. Even if I would hope he would write something on the, on the bathroom stall, I'd be happy. <laughs> I always figured that, I always figured the song for, for Carrie Fisher would have been Sledgehammer. Just kidding. Just kidding. Better shut, better shut up. Though. Yeah. Along those lines too, you, you have to, be amazed at how good Stevie Nicks must be in bed for to oh be Lindsey God. Buckingham and still play guitar while she's singing about what a piece of shit you are. Oh yeah, yeah. 
She, I was seriously, so, so that bitch owned them all. <laughs> <laughs> and she's good friends with Lindsay Buckingham's current wife. <laughs> See what happens when you take anal coke? <laughs> Tell me that's not a thing. Oh, it is. Once that was you and not me. It, it absolutely is, is because she, she was doing so much, it was ruining her throat and her singing voice. So she went to a suppository instead. I cannot. That is, oh my God, no. No, no, no. No, please. I cannot take that. <laughs> I can't take knowing that. <laughs> yeah, but then when you hear the chain, you realize it's all worth it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Move it yeah, back on. <laughs> it, that was me, not you for once, Amish. What is, what's know, up with that? <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird juxtaposition show. <laughs> So I'm, getting back I'm, to the beat. I'm just adding, adding the wandering part, okay? <laughs> mm, okay, all right. But uh, anyway, so as we were talking before, we again took off the different direction, went, went off the rails. Everything went off There's the rails. There's a nod to Rick. Everything went off the rails. Do I? I said everything went off the rails, right? It's the same time you said off the rails. Yes. On friend. So um, anyway, so as we were talking about, it's like, you know, prehistoric UFO shit. So um, a lot of people don't know, but in my hometown, we have a very, very famous um, uh, petroglyph um, area. And uh, it's called La Piedra Escrita, which means the written stone. And it has been there since there were, I guess, people on the island day have estimated it to uh, maybe maybe about 500 years before Columbus got there, maybe older. They're not sure. Uh, but um, there are a couple of things that a lot of people are always looking for. And when they get there, um, there are two little um, petroglyphs that always stir the imagination. And one of them is called the cowboy. Uh, it's just this little kind of stick figure, but it looks like he's wearing a cowboy hat. And it, and, but the thing is, Tainos, the, the uh, main um, tribe that lived on the island, uh, they never wore hats. The only one that was allowed to wear any kind of headdress was the chief. And his headdress was completely different from what's drawn on that uh, you know, that that specific petroglyph. And there's another one that they call the astronaut because it looks like it's wearing a helmet with little antenna sticking out of it. I tried looking for the picture. I know my, my dad has them at home, but I can't find them on the internet. I could only find the, the cowboy. Um, but, and, and that's in my hometown. Now, if you go to a town, a little more to the west, um, uh, Maricoba, uh, there's a place called uh, La Charca Las Vegas. <laughs> and it's, it's not Las Vegas, Nevada, obviously. Um, but that one has a very, very interesting um, petroglyph. And I'll put it in the chat. It looks like a little UFO. And 
it has always interested a lot of people because they can't make it fit with anything else that's any of the other petroglyphs that are around it. Most of the petroglyphs that are on the um, Piedra Escrita and over in La Charca, they can make sense of. There, uh, a lot of them are animals. A lot of them uh, signify natural um, fixtures like trees, leaves, the sun, clouds, you know, that kind of thing. But these particular ones don't fit the rest of them. So a lot of people have often wondered what they meant. Um, there are no, you know, unfortunately, we had an oral history, but it died off. So there's, we can only extrapolate at this point as to what to, um, yeah, Rex, it does look like a tick, <laughs> but, but the, but the weird thing is that, yeah, ticks, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody says it's kind of UFO like, so I don't know. I don't know. So. But yeah, I can I can looking at that picture. What it looks like to me is a oval-like ship with with headlights in the center, uh, two sets of brake air flaps on the side, and the exhaust of the engine coming down like you would see on a SpaceX rocket reentry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I've just been sent a note. Anything uh-huh. I say tonight should be valued at entertainment purposes only, and information I present tonight is not sanctioned by the Alpha Centauri Scientific Committee. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so I posted the other uh, petroglyph with the little cowboy hat person, and oh, a lot of people have speculated that maybe it was the sun god. It's not the sun god. The sun god looks completely different from this guy. Um, some people have speculated that it was something that wasn't finished, um, but it just, you know, a lot, like I said, it doesn't match any of the other pictographs that are on that big ass boulder. So, you know, the others tell a story or, you know, they are ornate, but they match other things. This is the only one that's like that. So maybe... And I'm just spitballing here. The carver was high and just decided to run with it. I mean, it's completely plausible that that happened. So, But the thing, whenever they can't explain something, they always say, well, it was just unfinished. Like the Mayan calendar. It is, mm-hmm. Well, okay, look. All right. These cultures had hundreds, if not thousands of years to finish their rock. It's not like somebody just started chiseling something. Said, you know what? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody was pissed off about the Mayan calendar. You know, everybody was like, oh, it's 2012. Oh, my God, the Mayan calendar. I'm like, you all realize that the rock was only so big. They ran out of room, right? I mean, (laughs) seriously. And let's face it, Central America, we haven't discovered nearly half the shit that's in there. So I'm sure that the rest of the calendar is somewhere. My my favorite (laughs) little tidbit fact about all of this that always fascinates me is, People forget that ancient Egyptians had archaeologists. Yes. Right. So they had ancient Egypt, ancient Egypt archaeologists. They, and they did. And it was and it was it was really interesting to see how they explained some of the stuff that they found. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, so, and sometimes, you know, they were like. 
uber dead on, you know, and sometimes they extrapolated, you know, the, the Horus came down and blah, 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 you know, they all involved the gods and everything, but sometimes, you know, and, and this is, this is why it's very important that you apply Occam's razor to everything because, <laughs> you know, going off and, and wandering off in a theory is fine and everything, but you do have to bring that back around and say, you know, what is the simplest solution to what you're looking at? One of my <laughs> biggest problems with this entire field is you will have modern day scientists laugh at people who have said they've had experience and that their mind and it same thing with ghosts and other things that their mind tricks them into think you know, transforming it into something they know. Well, why do we not mm -hmm. necessarily apply that logic to ancient drawings? What if they were drawing the closest thing that they saw, but that thing that they saw was not something they were used to? So they put it in as close of a human form as they can, but wait a minute, the guy's wearing a helmet. Well, they just didn't know how to draw, draw a head. Well, two feet over, there's a perfect bowl with horns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's this hyper-stylized horse in gallop, but on the other hand, they can't figure out five fingers. Well, I mean, there's four fingers and a thumb. Come on. It, 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 no, it, it strains credulity. Well, to, there's, there's, other, for, there's other things we never could figure out either. Like there's fine print on the Mayan calendar that, please see, that says, please see other side. Nobody sees that part. <laughs> yeah, yes, did anybody flip true. it over? <laughs> I don't it, think anybody could flip it it was only if burned into one side of Helium's hand. If they do flip it over and is the Stargate buried under it, I am out. <laughs> oh, I'm there. I'm <laughs> out too, but I'm going back home, baby. <laughs> I'm going to the Stargate. <laughs> if, there's, if there's a Stargate there, fire that bitch up. I want to see where it goes. What <laughs> Once again, the delegation from Alpha Centauri denies any knowledge of this. I volunteer. See, now I'm going to be calling your people out here for a minute, Jeff, and that what I love about where I live, and it's one of the very few things that you know you, I can point to and just say, no, that's completely awesome. I mean, aside from Yosemite and everything, um, is that I am in one of the most pictograph, petroglyph-rich areas of the planet, and because it is the desert, they are very well preserved. I mean, some of my favorite ones, and this is like going to the Valley of Fire outside Vegas, or mm -hmm. you know, down at Saracos or Saragordo and other places is um, the pictographs and petroglyphs from the Mogollon uh, culture, which yes. is, Aggie, you'll get, they were middle archaic mm -hmm. time frame. So 9,000 to 1,000 BCE. And a lot of their, you know, kind of like your um, helmet, your cowboy hat guy, and it, a lot of them are very, uh, as I was saying, like right next to hyper-stylized horses or gazelle. We didn't have horses here at the time. Um you have like really bad Ray Harryhausen sci-fi looking people right next to him. And I got to find this one picture, just an example. And yeah, you know, these are from the, uh, yeah, here's one. This is the, uh, the guardians of the Canyon from uh, the new Mexico era. And, you know, they say, well, that's just how the shaman dressed. Okay. I'm not, no, I got no. it. And I'm going to drop that in chat right now. Dropping. Dropping. <laughs> and we're there it is. 
Oh, what a beautiful shot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's in the, uh, where is that one? That, I believe, is in the... And they think that that's a shaman? Yeah, they said... Are they well, high? Be... Right. The sh- oh, the shaman just, you know... So you got the the antenna there. You got the almond eyes. You've got everything. Every stereotypical, even the bad robe, looking. You know, uh-huh. we can't we can't really come up with a good costume idea. Ray Harryhausen, Planet Night from Outer Space, <laughs> and wrap him in a silver robe. Yeah, and that is from the uh, oh yeah the Oregon Mountains in New Mexico. There it's uh, there's two of them, one on each side, kind of like the. Uh, um, the Sentinels of Gondor, or what you know, the giant statues mm-hmm. on the river. There's one yeah. on each side of the canyon, identical. That is but amazing. The, there's these petroglyphs all over, all over the Southwest, thousands of years old, and a lot of them like this one just don't. It, it strains explanation. Yeah, and they don't fit. Well, you, I have an explanation for it. Um, when you are drawing on walls of everyday animals, you have it imprinted into your head. When you see something once every two, five, seven years, you have to rough sketch it a lot more. So a lot of the things that you do not recognize on a daily basis, you will draw a lot rougher and more primitive and, and more more you know, elementary than you will things you deal with every day or every season. No, that is that is absolutely true, and I I find that I do that whenever I start a, a a sketch, and you know somebody asks me, "Oh, can you do a rock with you know this particular mm-hmm. bird or whatever?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, I got to learn how to do that," <laughs> you know. And the first so, one is very rudimentary, and then it just it, then you refine and, it, yes, exactly. And so if, I can if you totally notice understand. with some of these some of these alien pictographs that you will see very rough drawn images and then all of a sudden they start getting a little more detail and and all of a sudden some carvings start to get a little more detailed because it's been in history it, they've seen it more than one time and you can actually see an evolution of the carvings and the detail as time goes on because of necessary you know maybe they've seen this individual or this thing more than one or two times I'm in- I'm entranced by the, the, the. Sorry, I'm looking at the picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a little wall looking at it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, oh. "Mom, Dad." So, I, you know, when I told when I told Mickey what we were doing tonight too, I'm just like, "Yeah, I'll be representing the Southwest because I mean, it is just between the rough basalt that is easy to etch into and the dryness mm-hmm. where it just lasts forever. I mean, you know, you're, the the area of the Mojave and the Sonora deserts." it just preserves these for thousands of years in like they were etched yesterday. I can, I can only imagine what we have not discovered out there to include Jimmy Hoffa and Percy Siegel. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, there's still look at Egypt and look at the finds they're still finding in Britain that have been under feet of, you know, sand, dirt. There's, there's so <laughs> my, much we do not I, know. I got to say, my favorite archaeological find of the past few years in Great Britain has been Richard III. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely love that he was underneath <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> to me, it's just like, wow. <laughs> but, um, no, they, they, you know, and one of my favorite things about a place like Great Britain that is an island, so it was 
pretty isolated and removed is finding um, prehistoric um, areas of um, habitation like inside caves and finding, you know, burials in there and bones and stuff like that. And having mitochondrial DNA match people that still live in that same village. I mean, to me, that's, it's mind blowing when, whenever uh, I read something like that. So I don't know. I guess I'm a geek like that. <laughs> oh, it, it is. It's, it's bad. I mean, some of the information, like I said, we, we, we are so stupid with what we know about history that we can't overlook some of these things as are, 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 are they proof aliens? No. But are they maybe proof that it's a possibility? I think I think we can't just, just close our minds to it being a possibility. No, the possibilities, uh, they're always there. I mean, I think that's what inspires not just the imagination, but the will to actually go find it. Yeah. So next time you go off to Alpha Centauri, don't forget your friends. <laughs> uh, I'll try to remember this time. <laughs> MD, I think I've actually been to that particular petroglyph. I spent a lot of time in Valley of Fire when I was living out in Vegas. <laughs> my, my, Mike says it looks like a French tit for. Yes, a bit. But also, <laughs> the French weren't there yet. Don't kink shame the aliens. Listen, I I judge not. I have learned never to judge. Well, that's just it. Or um, it it's, it's an Alpha Centauri tickler because they were there. That's why. <laughs> tickler. <laughs> Until me, it was only Southern Hemisphere, so no. <laughs> this this show is going to kill me. <laughs> Your fault. <laughs> yeah, this is all my. And this is all on me. <laughs> It was your idea, Mom. You did. But oh, uh, and Rick actually sent a really um, uh, cool um, story coming out of India about uh, some of the uh, cave paintings that they found in a certain part of India. And I decided to actually go down that rabbit hole because uh, I had heard that this had happened, but you don't hear much about what's been going on. And apparently, it's. I mean, there are thousands of caves with beautiful cave paintings that have been preserved to this day. I mean, because of the, it was like the right temperature and, and the moisture was low and, you know, all, all this stuff. And, uh, but some of the cave paintings are really questionable. And I was kind of like, I'm looking at some of these things going, well, it could be that he didn't know how to draw this. What the shit? It's a UFO. I mean, seriously, it just pops into my head. <laughs> and and a lot of people are speculating that they did draw uh, otherworldly beings. Uh, because even if you try to take away and put it down to, well, they didn't, they didn't know how to draw something or whatever. These drawings are just like mind-blowing. So... There are, you know, I mean, it, it just makes you question even more, especially when you see one of the cave paintings is, 
it looks like a UFO and it looks like there's a wormhole open and the UFO is like right below it. And then the people are right below that. I mean, it's just, it's an incredibly detailed um, uh, painting and I'm, you know, I'm looking at it going, well, it could be this or it could be that, but Again, go back to Occam's razor. I'm like, what does that look like to you? Well, it looks like a fucking wormhole with a UFO and then people down below looking up at the UFO. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, you got to go with the simplest answer. So, and, and, and sometimes, you know, you want to, like, have a logical explanation for something. But logic will only take you so far. I mean, there's so many things in, in this world right now that we can't even explain with logic. One of them is serving as our current president. So, you and know, the other is, just, how the hell did the uh, duck billed platypus come to existence? I just I blame Australia. Oh, you, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, probably. No. It's you, a vortex. The, the duck billed <laughs> platypus was a six day thing. God dropped acid that day. That's what happened there. <laughs> I, I believe it. Robin Williams, you did a bit once about God smoking weed, and that's how you got the duck billed platypus. Okay, it's a mammal, but it lays eggs. Hey, Darwin. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things are can be vicious, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and poisonous. And poisonous. <laughs> but but makes for a cute cartoon. I think that uh-huh. was my favorite Disney cartoon ever. Did, <laughs> did, 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 didn't we mention... Yeah, you look at some of these images. Didn't we mention the poisonous just, thing on a previous juxtaposition, though? Because I don't remember Platypus being poisonous. I think we brought that up before. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's just... No, they are poisonous. They have a poison quill on their tail. Yeah, but, No, but uh, the thing is, is that we didn't remember them when they were, like, really... When Australia was really popular in the eighties, you know, like with Koala Blue and Paul Hogan and everything, and yeah, and but everybody was really into the duck-billed platypus too. But you never heard about them being poisonous. No, everything was cute. Yeah, and then Walls and then the truth came out. Face off. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like a it was a movie back in the early eighties or late seventies called. Um, Waltzy Matilda, I think it was. It was with Elliot Gould, and it was about a boxing kangaroo. I don't know if y'all I, remember that. Do you remember yeah, that? I do, yeah. I remember. Okay, you remember that. And honest to God, that was the first time that I ever figured out that kangaroos can box. I thought kangaroos were these cute little animals. I didn't know how big they were either. I, I mean, I was in Puerto Rico, man. We never saw kangaroos, except on in, you know, in cartoon shows or in a little comic strip or yeah. a kid's book or yeah. something like that. So you're, you're I did not. Tom and Jerry when the yeah, they all kind of had dad bod until all of a sudden, you know, the memes came out where they're all ripped. <laughs> well, that's like Tom and, that's like Tom and Jerry when the, the kangaroo escaped and Tom kept thinking it was a giant mouse and it was this little cute kangaroo that just keep And it was a little doughy. Yeah. yeah. And see, that's what I imagined, that it was like the size of a cat. But no, <laughs> these things are huge. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if, if you guys follow him or not. But Iraf at Roman Stoicism one. He's from Australia. He's a personal. He he's a good friend of mine, and he came up to visit uh, this past week. And uh, you know, I'm serving dinner. I made steaks or something, and I jokingly said, "Yeah, there's not a patch on roof steaks, are they?" He's like, "No, man, I'm his kangaroo." And I'm like, "Oh, holy shit, they eat." <laughs> Eating kangaroo over there. Well, 
there's like 40 million kangaroos that, you know, off in the wild. <laughs> it's not a protected Australia species. lost a war against emus. Yeah, the, and against rabbits. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's... So, so it's when something true. says they're Australian special forces, they ain't that badass. Yeah, yeah, so... I don't know. I, I, you know, Australia was uh, back in the eighties. We thought everything was cute, and then, and then Australia just <laughs> kind of left. Dude, and said, come visit. Let's find out how cute we are. There's a reason <laughs> Australia was a British penal colony because, dude, they have like a spider season. I remember. I remember we were running out of yes. material one morning when I was filling in on the morning show on KOKC, and I was just kind of scanning some stuff. And I came across that, and I swear to God, it, it's like, in Australia, and this is not snow. I mean, they have an area of, of Australia during a certain time of the year that is so infested with spiders, the webs literally are so thick it looks like snow on the ground. That is some yes. scary shit. <laughs> See, it's funny you brought that up, because in chat when we were talking about Valley of Fire in um, Nevada, uh, one of the... Things you have to see, but it's just creepy as fuck. Is like I said, is you know, it's a trip. Is the uh, tarantula migration? Because tarantulas migrate. No, yes, they I'm, do. No, I'm out. Not unless I got. Oh, they forward. they do. Uh, but you know, it, a lot of people really tarantulas are very misunderstood. They got a because part. because yeah because they're so big. And here's the thing: the bigger the 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 the, the spider. The friendlier it is. I'm just going to give it to you right there. There are very few exceptions. Brown recluse come, comes to mind. But the brown recluse is a lot smaller than, you know, than a tarantula. I had a tarantula as a pet for a long time. That, that thing loved grape soda, let me tell you. I mean, I had, it, it was to the point where she saw the straw coming into her um, enclosure and her little, her front legs would would come up and her 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 pinchers would open she'd be like oh please oh please oh please and i would drop the little a little bit of the grape soda into her mouth and she was just like drinking as much as she could she loved grape soda so i got things they jump too a lot of people don't know it's like because like (laughs) so I, I mean, it's kind of cruel. To, I mean, not really cruel because you can't really help it. I mean, it's just like any other big bug that gets on the road. But we were going out to we were going out to uh, launch the boat, and it was during the migration, and tarantulas were jumping up to get hit on the windshield. It's like they were trying to jump out of the way of the truck, uh-huh. and that's a good four foot vertical leap. Yeah, they can. They, their legs are very agile, and they can jump. They're really good leapers, and. My mom found that out. Two days later, I had to give up my tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> At least it lasted those two days. But well, because you know, I kept arguing with my mom, and my dad kept, in, you know, on my behalf. And but you know, my mom was like, "If I have to live in this house, I have to live." I and and I'm cleaning and I'm taking care of you guys. You gotta you gotta help me out. And she's gotta go. And so I had to give her up. And so I took her to school and I was in sixth grade by then and we had science our our science class had several animals you know to include mice and fish and you know so I brought it in and of course every single person in my class freaked the fuck out and screamed and ran to a corner and to give Miss Weaver credit she didn't bat a lot and she just looked at us like oh 
is a show and tell. And I was like, no, my mom said that I can no longer keep the tarantula as a pet. And she said, oh, well, you can put her over there and I'll see if I can find her a, you know, a home. So she was in class for about two weeks before Miss, Mrs. Weaver found her permanent home. But you would think that I had brought in a, a completely dangerous animal into class, the way they were acting. They just get a bad rap. And let me tell you something. William Shatner did not help any of that shit with that kingdom of the spiders crap. No. He did not. <laughs> so so get, getting back to it, uh, Andrew um, in chat pointed out a question, and this is kind of where I was going with it too, is it, and Rick, we don't remember the platypus being venomous. So is that a Mandela effect? Is that part of this timeline? Because I, I mean, all that time in the 80s where everything was just cute, um, yeah, never discussed the, uh, the venom that it produces. No, um, one of the things about the 80s when Australia became popular because of Crocodile Dundee, you know, and, and all those shows, is that uh, a lot, you know, that brought into prominence the beautiful fauna that does live in Australia. But unlike Mutual of Omaha, they only showed the prettiness of it. I had no idea the funnel web spiders and some of the other ones could freaking swim. As a matter of fact, they can hold their breath for 20 minutes at the bottom of a pool waiting for you to show up to swim so they can just, you know, uh, bite you. So, but they never discussed oh, yeah, that. Just to bite you. Yeah, they're just, just, you know, just out of spite. They, they know they can't eat you, but they're just going to fuck you up. Yes, exactly. And so... I remember seeing these shows about, you know, the platypus, the koala, different marsupials that lived there, you know, all, all that stuff. And, but they never said any of the bad stuff, you know. It wasn't until, uh, and we can thank Beyond Thunderdome for this, okay? <laughs> because when that came out, when Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out, there was a new resurgence in Australian stuff and everything. And because Mad Max, you know, was very dystopian and all that stuff, people started writing about the horrifying <laughs> things that live in Australia. And that's that was when I found out that there were certain cute little animals that were completely deadly to people, to include the platypus. And I was like, okay, so it has milk, it lays eggs, it has a duck's bill, it looks like a beaver, it had it can kill you. And, you know, it's like, holy crap. It was like, God decided to throw everything into that one animal and said, and you know what? I want, people are going to want to pick you up. So here's some poison darts for you. No, I, Seriously. I, that's no. weird. <laughs> I, I, I know what it is. So stand by for the denial. The, the, the platypus is an alpha centauri experiment. That's what happened. Damn, damn alien scientists, <laughs> bastards. So that's how we got Plum Island from the Alpha Centaurians. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> and MD dropped a uh, picture in chat. This one's worth discussing, too. Um, this is from the uh, Capitol Reef National Park in Utah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all... Um, they're all wearing helmets, dude. That's They're, they're all wearing astronaut helmets. They, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's stuff like this that makes people stop and wonder because when you see a person, okay, 
normally the when you draw the person, the head measurement is commensurate with the shoulder placement with the waist. You know, you you try to at ratio. least, you know, yeah, you you adhere to a certain ratio. And you see that in a lot of cave paintings. You see it in a lot of pictographs. You see it in a lot of petroglyphs and everything. So when you see something like this, yeah, it does make you wonder. It does make you stop and try to extrapolate. Why would they draw them like that? Yeah, because, you know, it's like you were saying, everything follows the Fibonacci code, you know, the Fibonacci mm -hmm. sequence, which is, you know, the golden ratio. Um, it's a math thing. Um, but almost everything follow in nature follows those rules and then like you said when you see a lot of cave paintings they all follow the rule too until you hit the shit exactly you know this rum is really good i cannot recommend that enough <laughs> you try these pistachios <laughs> uh no i seriously this this rum over here is not sold in a lot of places as a matter of fact i've only found one distributor here and it's specs and out of all the specs in texas only i've only seen two of them carry this particular brand but this this rum is a single um uh batch so it it and, and it depends on the year and the five star is is even more sought after than pappy if you can believe that. I mean, Pappy is a unicorn. This one is even more so. Uh, I don't think my father, who's been on this rock for 90 years, has ever seen a five-star. He heard one year, and I think it was 1969, I want to say, 1968 or so. Yeah, right. Um, that a five star had been developed. It's not sold. It's because it's a, a very, very small batch. If it's a five star, it's bottled. And then those bottles are sequestered. I don't know what happens to them. They're not sold. Somebody keeps them somewhere for some reason. Uh, they're distributed to certain people, maybe the owners or I don't know, but it's, it, it, they, it never makes it to, um, to market. I think he, if he recalls correctly, he one bottle of the five star actually went up for auction, and it brought in like seventy thousand dollars for the bottle. So I mean, it's very rare. So for me to find a three star, I was like over the moon. Nice. Yeah, I've I've had the four star at my uncle's. My uncle is um, he was a vice president of the biggest bank on the island for you know for a long time so uh he would get all of these liquors from all over the world as gifts from people that were coming in to visit or whatever or he had business with you know in spain or in venezuela or wherever the dude only drinks pitorro which is our version of moonshine which he makes himself he doesn't drink anything else or, or schlitz and I'm like, you're the vice president of a bank and you're drinking Schlitz? It's what I like. <laughs> That's when you get uh, fuck you money. Fuck you, I'm drinking Schlitz. Yeah, it's pretty much it. I mean, seriously, he, oh, he would open up the bar and he offered anything that was up there. And that's when I saw the four-star. Um, 
bottle. And I said, I want a shot of that. He's like, oh, you know yourself. And I'm like, I'm Puerto Rican. I want to stuff. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> but he had stuff from Guatemala. He had stuff from Colombia. He had stuff from Argentina. It's stuff from all over the world that had been gifted to him. All sealed. Nothing had ever been opened. Because he just d- never drank it. So, anyway. I hope he leaves me a few bottles in his will. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about ostrich. I had ostrich burger. It's good. I've I've heard ostrich is really good, uh, and like I said, my my, my friend Iref, yeah, kangaroo is fantastic. Yeah, um, it really spiced up the Jack in the Box back in the eighties. <laughs> Nobody remembers that one either. <laughs> I remember. For you young kids, Jack in the Box got busted for putting kangaroo meat in their beef. Yes. Did, didn't Pee Wee Herman go to prison for that too? That different. No, totally. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was another thing. Yeah. Same time frame though. <laughs> that, yes. uh, that was his propensity for special sauce. Oh, I... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so where were we? We we were talking no about idea. okay. We were talking about the Indian cave paintings. Yes, yes. Rock and uh, yeah, I think uh, Rick had the uh, the link for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it some of those paintings were just like it, they blew my mind. Now there was um, a few years after that there was a um, a meme going around about the cave paintings, but they were using the wrong cave paintings. They were using cave paintings that had been found in Australia and claiming those were the ones in the Raipur region in um, in India. But no, they were the wrong ones. The ones in Raipur, you can definitely tell. Um, so there were some that were just, I mean, it just, they blew my mind. I was just like, okay, I've seen cave paintings up close and personal, but I've never seen anything like this. Right. So yeah, that, that one I just dropped in chat from the article too. That is, yeah. There, there's a little. You see the little stick, the little sticks on the roll around. Yeah, that's a fucking UFO. Yeah, that's a UFO. <laughs> that's a UFO. That's not a tick. <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't look like a tick. That one looks like a UFO. But it's it really is. I mean, it just it's it's amazing and and the detail that these paintings have and you know like i said there this there are so many caverns that are still being you know explored and 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 everything in that region because I, i don't know if you guys are familiar india is on its own plate so the region where there are is where the plate hits the um Asian plate. So, you know, so that's, that's why there's a, a lot of cave systems in the area. So that, that, that was the dominant one. So it's the one being risen up as the Asian ones going under. So it's better preserved. You know, it's not getting trundled over. Right. Right. So, what yeah, you, so, what, India. So, so what you're saying is the India plate is smacking the Asian plate on the ass? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, just checking. My peeps. 
And that is why you have the Himalayas. Do you want the Himalayas? Because that's how you get the Himalayas. That's how you get the Himalayas, <laughs> exactly. Just wait till they find out what's under the ice. As long as the Himalayas. Oh God, no! I saw that movie. No, no. Well, no. Well, I mean, as long as the Himalayas don't last for four hours or more, then they may have to go to the doctor or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that was who was uh, Murdo? They were out and they found something in the ice, and it had like microbes and shit like that. And I'm like, put it fucking back. We don't need new microbes, new old microbes. I might add. Dude, I mean, seriously, though, I mean, you know, since we brought this up, there are all these stories about all these things that all these scientists are doing right now, and we've all seen how these movies end. I mean, you've got, you've got new people, they're trying like, to... like bring, uh, opening sarcophaguses in Egypt. They're they're doing deep core drilling for ice in the Antarctic, and I'm like, what the, what? We've seen how this ends. What are you doing? Stop it. This is... And, and and this is this is something that I I really feel strongly about the, the whole sarcophagus thing. You, there is no need to open a sarcophagus anymore because you do have the technology whereby you can scan and see what's in there, and 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 determine whether or not it should be open in that case. But to open just because you want to be able to remove whatever is in there to put on display somewhere? No, that's just that's rude. I, I, as y'all know, I have a really big beef with the British Museum. So <laughs> I have, I have just it's as big a beef with the Cairo Museum yes. too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there, there's no, I mean, seriously, our burial mounts, which are numerous. Thankfully, we have the technology whereby we can scan and we can see you know what's in the and in, 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 and and we can catalog everything that we see as we scan these formations they can do the same thing with a freaking coffin there is no need to open that shit back up and i mean seriously everything is cursed everything that comes out of egypt is cursed i well, just you, don't get these you people need the mummy juice that red sludge <laughs> that was in there yes <laughs> Because you need the mummy juice in order to see there is the sandwich of doom that Jess and I speak of frequently because you have that 10,000 year old butter that was found in a bog. You have the tomb cheese, the wheel of cheese that was found in a tomb. There was also tomb bread. So you get the mummy juice as the side. All we need is like some infernal fire from like some tire fire that's been going on for 20,000 years. But you like the equivalent of that. To make the grilled cheese sandwich of doom. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, like an uh, Elden Ring to me. Well, right now, there are scientists saying that they're within five years of being able to bring back dinosaurs. They I died off for a fucking reason. We have seen five movies why this is bad. <laughs> oh, they I do not, not die understand. off. We killed them. I mean, uh, yeah, they died off. Yeah, yeah. They di- Let's go with the died off. I don't want y'all blamed. Because then you'll be doing reparations, Jeff. We've seen this. <laughs> and reparations for dinos are really expensive. Every, everybody knows um, how Alpha Centauri was the one ho- 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 hurling the rocks at us that killed off the dinosaurs. Damn alien dinosaurs. Maybe. <laughs> you see, the rooster's going to want reparations. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, 100 million years ago. I... Yeah, but if yeah, it, it will a... give us if it will give us zombie Reagan on a raptor, it may be worth it. I would be totally okay with zombie Reagan. Zombie <laughs> Reagan on a velociraptor, that would be cool. Twenty thirty five, baby. 
But here's the thing. Um, this is, and this is an issue that I have when it comes to paleo diets as well. And I, I had a couple of friends who decided to do the paleo diet. This is when I was still living near San Antonio. And I, I told them both, look, y'all can, y'all can do that, but I strongly recommend you not do that. And they decided to do it. And for the first couple of weeks, you know, it was really hard to adjust to it and everything. But once they adjusted, they were like, you know, I've lost weight. I feel blah, blah, blah. And then they had the sudden crash. And one of them actually had to be, had to go into the hospital. And, you know, uh, after she came back out and everything, they were after me. Why? How did you know? You who don't diet, who has never seen a donut she didn't like, how is it that you knew that? And I said, because a paleo diet was specific to a certain point in time of our evolution. We have gone past that. Our bodies are no longer able to eat the way they did back when we were hunter-gatherers, back when food was scarce during certain um, uh, months of the year. This is, we, we do things totally different now. Our bodies have completely adjusted to a new normal that was not there. And if you want to look at the other end of that, too, look at the, the Native American response to the European diet. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's, it's like... All of these fads, I mean, like, people want to do things from prehistoric times and everything. It's like, well, our ancestors did it. It's like, your ancestors did it because they had to. Your ancestors died at the age of 17. Yeah. Of old age. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I remember doing some um, um, research for uh, one of my English teachers. She was writing a, a novel. And so I was doing research for her, you know, just for fun and everything. And a woman, a 32-year-old woman back in the Middle Ages was also considered, was considered ancient. She should, by then, she should be a grandmother by the age of 32 and be ready to die in about five years. And I was like, I'm a <laughs> yes, yeah. or, or a cavity. I mean... It, it was it was amazing what you know uh, people did they, how they died so young and everything and people forget that when they're trying to implement things that happened back then into the current lifestyle our bodies no longer have the capacity to just eat raw berries and raw nuts and leached uh, acorns you know that kind of s- stuff we we can't do that. So, I mean, we can in moderation, but if your diet only consists on the nuts and berries that you find that day, yeah, your body is going to crash because that's not what your body is used to. That's not what we have. Sadly, too many people are still direct descendants of the Golgan French and Arkship Fleet B. We're still having trouble with the wheel. It's the simplest invention known in the universe. Well, you decide what color it should be. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were 
uh, we were talking about that. And, uh, you know, it's like, how is it that, you know, everybody, you know, around the world invented the wheel pretty much at the same time? Well, everybody saw a rolling log. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Just because the Chinese saw a rolling log doesn't mean that was the only log that was rolling, you know. So there, there are reasons where some things are invented interdependent of others, you know, around the same time frame. And it's usually due to mother necessity. But um, it, just, it just, it cracks me up when people want to go back to the simplicity of what things were. And I'm like, do you, do you have any idea what you're asking for? Honestly. Society advanced for a reason. I, Half of those people can't won't tell you how many genders there are. No, no, no. I lived, when I was growing up in Puerto Rico, <clears throat> our, my, uh, our house for a time, we didn't have a bathroom. We had an outhouse, okay? Um, and we had a spigot that came from the street to the kitchen. And bamboo cut in half lengthwise to deviate the dirty water to the sewer. Okay. We didn't have plumbing yet. Uh, when my parents were, you know, having our home built, we had to live in this. And I thought it was like, it's like an adventure. You know, I had no idea that we were poor because my parents never acted like we were poor, you know, but I know people that want to go back to that. And I'm going, you wouldn't survive two days with an outhouse. You would be so freaked out about the fact that you'd have to go outside <laughs> to use a bathroom that had no well, flushing we'll toilet. I mean, and this is why I, I tell people I can do without electricity just fine. But fuck no plumbing. I got to have plumbing. There's got to be plumbing wherever I'm at. I got to have plumbing. I don't have to have electricity. I don't have to have gas. I can, I can manage. I know how to build a fire. I know how to make a stone oven. I know how to make all of this, all this crap. I got to have a flushing toilet. <laughs> her, her, hours and, her hours and hours of Perry Mason paying off again. I'm just playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I can replay them in my head. I know them all. No, I was, I was saying that's how you learned how to make all that ancient stuff is from watching that old ass show. I'm just playing. <laughs> Oh man, some of the some of the episodes are killers because there goes Perry Mason. He's about to go hunting. He's carrying his rifle and shit. He walks in, you know, just carrying it, puts it on the table, whatever. Nobody says a word. <laughs> it's that's awesome, and it's just California. <laughs> it was a different state then. It was. It was. Yeah, no, no. It, I mean, the, it was actually California then. It's actually California now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So did we want to uh, take a break, then come back and do the crop circle thing too? Uh, sure, we can. Yeah, we can. I'm out of beer. Oh, yeah, oh no! Oh no! No no! Wait. Okay. Out of beer. Party foul, sir. <laughs> what the hell is that? All right. Out of beer in front of me. We're gonna, when you're in the, <gasps> you have to keep your beer in another room that has a box that keeps things cold in it. <laughs> if if, if yeah. I ever utter yeah. the words, I am out of beer completely. Armageddon is on. Damn one percent of problems. You can drink more beer. Some shit going down somewhere. <laughs> All right, we'll be we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Juxtaposition. He said, she said, bash up with a little bit of in the crease and everything else in between, and we'll be right back. 
don't go away too far. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades, an aloe vera lubricating strip, and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. 
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. And we're back. <laughs> Properly recharged. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I'm I'm just nursing my, my rum. You realize that. It's not it's not even two ounces. <laughs> I've been I've been nursing that this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I may have made an Alpha Centauri uh, iced tea. Oh, that sounds interesting. What's in it? Same as in Long Island, just a little stronger. <laughs> <laughs> with a little bit of absinthe for color <laughs> you know for a little green man there you go Oh, you <laughs> three ounces of rum instead of two well I started with two I'm down to maybe half of that so I mean seriously I will nurse a drink forever <laughs> ask, uh, ask Jen next time she's on because I think when we were at CPAC after um, like our first night there we went to uh, the bar upstairs, and I ordered a, yeah, I ordered a, I think, I don't even remember what I ordered, but I ordered one, and uh, we were there for like two hours. Oh, he still had the same drink. It's just like, are you ever going to drink that? I am drinking it. I'm just very slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Jen is an event planner. She's used to people. Yes, exactly. She she knows. She's like, she was worried that the drink wasn't good, and and I told her no. The drink is fine. It's just that I'm I I don't you know I will nurse a drink because I don't want it to hit me. I'm such a lightweight, uh, so that's why. But it's it's hitting me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Even that little bit. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on from Aggie right. Beacon Lightweight. <laughs> Sorry, I was taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, oh, CPAC's going to be lit with Aggie there. No, Aggie drinks might be two or three. <laughs> That's it. 
the whole time. doesn't get drunk. Well, well, the funny thing is, Brad is usually the bartender, and he's like, can I get you another? No, I still have some. Can I get you another? I still have half. Can I get you another? Still working on it. Shit. I wouldn't <laughs> He'll even... be like four down before I'm even done with my first one. Shit, I wouldn't even ask. I just, anytime I made me one, I'd just bring you another one. <laughs> Here, let me refresh your drink. <laughs> that kind of shit. Alrighty. So, yeah, we were getting into uh, crop circles. Yeah. The, sec- the, yeah. the big petroglyphs. The big ones. The oh, actually, technically, could we say the Nazca lines are petroglyphs since they're made from rocks? Possibly. Yes. Yeah, we can, right? Okay, yeah, I always... Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I... I like it. I, it's a it's a different take on a petroglyph. Instead of carving on rock, it's using rocks to make the carving. So, yeah. Sure, it's still it etching. It's still etching the earth. So, yes. It's Alpha, okay. It's Alpha Thank Centauri etch a sketch. That's what it is. <laughs> That's right. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it, it points us to the moms behind the Circle K, okay? Ah, <laughs> uh, the ancient order of... <laughs> the ancient order of bowing moms. He has become meme destroyer of moms. <laughs> <laughs> As I said but, this weekend, you, you, you miss 100%, 100% of the shots you don't take. This is true. James loves you. I'm sorry that that reminds me since we're getting on these crop circles there was one thing on that show that pissed me off okay and that was yes okay everything else was okay except for you not remembering the name of my show I you know it's it's like I I told you (laughs) pre-record for some reason I just completely brain fart when I'm live yeah you know in the crease Asgard North (laughs) whatever but yeah, the, one, but no, um, when I'm pre-recorded, my brain just locks up. The one thing about crop circles is a lot of people think or, or believe that they're kind of indicators on where certain things are, like materials, water, things of that nature. On the show, one thing I would have argued with John on is, yes, there are moons and asteroids and planets that have frozen water. And for an advanced civilization, it would be easier to get. Yes, but water in the liquid form is even easier to get. So they absolutely would come to Earth to pick up the liquid water to make the fuel like we're going to do on moon on the moon and the Mar- on Mars. Oh, okay, but to that, um, to get it here in necessary quantities, you have to desalinate it to make it useful. Mm-hmm. Unless you're making deuterium. I mean, even just making deuterium where you could, you know get that quite easily out in the outer planets without having yes. to deal with a whole but bunch of annoying gnats that is humanity. If, if <laughs> their only purpose only purpose was water, I would agree with that with what he said. That's where we differ. And you know, I said it's not the water, it's the cow lips and assholes. No. That's yes. unique in the universe. That's why they come here. No, yeah. So 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 crop circles, just so everybody knows those are those are the don't feed the don't feed the human signs for the for the aliens. Right. That's what those are for. <laughs> See now in in this I lean towards the uh ley line markers. Mm. 
It could be. I, I can see where you're going there. Because England is rotten with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... like Not just crop circles, but ley lines, too. But why is it always there? I mean, they're not the only people that have wheat. <laughs> why not Russia? Well, actually, it, it, depend, it depends on whether or not you buy into the theory of ley lines. Ley lines, there are a couple, mm-hmm. there are a couple different theories that explain what ley lines are. Um, they are um, either the, the uh, kind of a conduit for magic, or they may even be considered conduit for alien energy sources. Um, there's a bunch of different theories regarding ley lines. So the fact that there's a conflagration of ley lines as well as a conflagration of crop circles could kind of explain why there's so many there, because he's right. They, they are rich in both there. There is, there is not another place on Earth that has as many ley lines, at least not that I've been able to find anyway. And I would argue, too, that ley lines could have a tie-in with the Higgs boson field, which is part of the reason CERN has been really good at finding it where they're at. This is true. Yes. We're just now starting to understand this whole Higgs boson thing. So, But, but it is kind of – okay. It, crop circles are unique to England. It's their thing. The way cattle mutilation was the U.S. thing in the 80s, 70s through 90s, really, was when it was during its peak. I mean, there's cattle in lots of places in the world, but it seemed to be unique to the United States. Just like – I mean, there are crop circles elsewhere on the planet – but it is kind of a more prolific in England than anywhere else. So it, it's it's a regional thing. Yeah, I mean, well, if you want, you're going to get cows, you might as well go to where the best barbecue sauce is. Right. Exactly. You know. Oh no, no, no! We're not going to discuss who has the best barbecue. I do not want to go down that road. It's Brooklyn. No, stop! <laughs> what the hell did you just say? <laughs> Brooklyn. Okay, I think I'm gonna have to figure out how to mute that one. I'm not even on Twitter, and I'm trying to get that uh, fucking um, dickhead to follow me. <laughs> he just drew white. On uh, who was it that posted the Brooklyn barbecue? Uh, was it the toothpaste guy? The toothbrush guy? No, 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 no. It was, um, God damn it, I'm drawing a blank now. Same. Um, he, uh, our side. Uh, Steve Scott something. He's always got the black and white Avi with uh, him. But... Not Weigel, is it? No. Dave Weigel? No, uh, okay. Maybe. But along those lines, one of those guys. I'm pretty sure if I were to fire up Twitchy, I would find an article with him in about 30 seconds, even though he hates Twitchy. So. <laughs> He's always not busting Red Sam's chops. It's not Red Steve's. Yes. Red Steve's, okay. Yeah. He's the one who did the whole Brooklyn barbecue thing, fucker. I could kill him. <laughs> the thing is, I love him. I follow him. I Every time I comment on his thing, I get more likes than anybody else. He he RTs me every so often and still won't follow me. Uh, he's he's uh, the theory behind that is because he's one of the boys club that um you know, not quite the whole uh, Buckley kind of thing, but still a higher version of the not quite misogynist, but you know, oh, you're just a chick kind of thing. That's the rumor. <sighs> okay, 
that I could believe if he had not followed Tiff. And he did. Okay. I was, and I was like, okay, you follow her, but not me? <laughs> I gotcha. don't understand. Okay, I, I'm hoping that she doesn't listen to this, <laughs> this podcast. I, she, um, yeah, she, she no longer follows me. But anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Wait, anyway, okay. Hang on. If she, if she doesn't follow you anymore, why the hell do you care if she listens to this? Talk all the trash you want. Because I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Oh, screw that. Let's talk about you. why. She unfollowed you. Let it go. <laughs> Just let, let it fly. <laughs> oh, okay, moving on. Before, this, before my telenovela becomes okay. public. So crop circles. Uh-huh. Yes. So, all right. So, obviously, a lot of them are faked, you know, and publicity stunts or whatever. Yeah. But you, you get right down to it. Some of them, not only, like, is it highly improbable that they were faked, it's practically impossible. You know, it's not just like a guy walking around with a two by four and some rope, mashing it right. down. It's like the uh, it's like overnight the corn just decided to grow ninety degrees from its from upright. Yeah, that is kind of freaky. Yeah, on the molecular level, I mean, yes, corn does grow at an exceedingly fast rate. I mean, you can literally hear corn growing. Right, it's that quick, but uh, not that quick. And well, not my, just change direction too. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite is the the cyclonic wind theory. Like, yeah, let's see the wind make nice little features that some of these things have. Yeah, because England is famous for its tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Remember, I don't. Well, I don't know if you guys were around, but 1988 was England was losing its complete and total total shit they got hit by a hurricane it was coincidentally also the year the milwaukee brewers won (laughs) so we all thought the world was coming to an end what year was that did they fire up i want to say it was 88 but london got hit by a hurricane and everybody was saying oh this is absolute proof you know that the you know the, the climate the global cooling, you know, because it was 88, so they hadn't switched over. They were just starting the AGW shit. And so um, when it hit London, um, I mean, seriously, London lost its collective shit. They didn't know what to do. They had no idea what to do. And, uh, you know, everybody was saying, well, you know, who can we ask? I'm like, why don't you just ask some of your British... Antilles, <laughs> you know, that do get hit with hurricanes all the freaking time. And uh, so they they did. And um, uh, the, they, they managed to weather everything fine. I mean, it was just a really strong storm by the time it, it, it hit. But they really were freaking out over this because they could not remember the last time that London had gone through a hurricane and if they had had asked for it there would have been a whole bunch of people outside the pub naked wearing nothing but the union jack standing in the middle of it (laughs) people were definitely afraid i mean the bread 
I, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Uh, people were so sick with fear over this hurricane because it was coming to London. It was coming to Great Britain and they did not know what to make of it. And I'm like, it's just a really strong storm. I mean, you, you, you have to, and the thing was, it it wasn't even moving that quickly. (laughs) Time. Okay. This is the beauty of a hurricane that everybody forgets. You have time to prepare. I've got plywood in England. Uh, I believe they do have plywood in England, uh, but uh, I don't think they understood the use for plywood in England for a hurricane. Uh, and and after that, you know, they 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 had a huge state of emergency. They never lost power. They didn't lose sewage. They didn't lose water. Nothing. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> but they declared a state of emergency because the Thames. You know, got you know, rose and and a lot of the riv- their rivers rose and and all that stuff, and they just didn't know what to do. And I'm like, but I'm supposed to, you know, understand that you guys know what to do about global cooling and now anthropomorphic global warming, which was coming around. You can't handle a hurricane, but you're going to tell me how to handle everything else. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thank you that too. I, I think like you're familiar with the movie Joe versus the volcano. The character Amanda Palmer's character Dagmar we're in for a bit of a blow in her English accent. That's what I can. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what the hurricanes. <laughs> that, that's how I just pictured the whole thing. Yeah, seriously, they were they were they were interviewing some of the people. Uh, I remember watching this in my girlfriend's um, uh, uh, dorm room about the hurricane that's about to hit um, the, the, um, the London and, and they were like, well, we are taking every precaution, uh, but we are uncertain as to how long those precautions should be taken. And I'm going, Oh my God. <laughs> like, These people are not it's serious. Gonna, it's going to blow one direction and then it's going to be calm. Don't get tricked by it. Don't be tricked by the Exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, there was... uh, I'm not going to say there wasn't any damage or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure that London was the only place that was freaked out by it. Everybody else was like, oh, it's another rainy day in England with more wind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Thursday. It's Thursday (laughs) with more wind. (laughs) So... I think there were reports from the Cotswolds that uh, some, you know, some of the uh, uh, barns and and stuff suffered some damage and all that stuff and everything. And uh, they were interviewing some guy who lost um, uh, the uh, his entire his barn, you know, where the sheep were and all that stuff, and it, it just fell apart and everything. And they asked him, "It's like, did you lose sheep?" And he said. Uh, yes, but our free, you know, we have a couple of big freezers, so we're not going to be hurting for meat anytime soon. <laughs> he was so matter of fact about the whole thing. These people were like so stoic about the whole thing. It was, London was the only one that was freaking out. Everybody else was like, they took it in stride. They were like really cool about the whole thing. <laughs> 
referencing another movie in Twister when they all when they all descend on Aunt Meg's house for breakfast and you know, it's like God Meg, where'd you get all this beef? Would oh, you see my cows out front? No. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like uh, I I I mean it was just just another day in the life of a sheep herder, I guess. I don't know. But oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> picture in the chat. Yeah. Oh, that's the uh, okay. That's the Cheer Hill White Horse. While we're talking about pictograms and pictographs, and or that's yeah. um, charged and uh, carved into the uh, chalky hillside um, of Wiltshire. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Yeah, uh, Mike, I'm 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 not discounting how destructive hurricanes can be. But you do have time to prepare. I mean, yeah, Fiona's, what, Category 4 now? And when it hit Puerto Rico, it had just moved from Tropical Storm to Category 1. And as soon as it went over the island, it went down back to a Tropical Storm. So that's why Puerto Rico was did not get a lot of damage. The only thing that they suffered was loss of electricity and they're still bitching about the fact that they have to go through eight hour rolling back blackouts and i'm like hey i don't know what to tell you except y'all should have fixed this shit back in 79 (laughs) because i I, this is a constant thing with with my family they're always complaining this is trump's fault when it was maria but they're not blaming biden for this one okay and and I, I, I told him it's not it's no president is at fault for this. The people that are at fault for this is your government because the government had money and they didn't fix the electric grid when they should have. And I've, I've mentioned this before. When I was there for the Pan Am Games in 79, <laughs> the big news was not that, you know, so, you know, all of the teams were coming into um, you know, participate in the Pan American Games and all this stuff. No, the big news was that the electric grid was going to hold because we're going to be using a lot of electricity for the games. So, yeah, I, they get no sympathy from me. I'm sorry, fresh out. So, moving on back to the crop circles. <laughs> okay, no, Al brought up an interesting thing in chat, and you, given your background, um, and you also with the the hills there mm-hmm. uh mounds <laughs> civilizations just all of a sudden decide to start piling dirt one day um there are several theories as to why there are these huge burial mounds and as to why um mounds are a big thing and it really touches back on a gateway to a heavenly place um, no matter what uh, religious affiliation for <clears throat> like uh, the mound builders here in North America, whoever, they all had a certain concept of what we Christians would call heaven. And building a burial mound actually brought you closer to that place. That is what that's probably the strongest theory as to why they built the mounts. Um, I believe the Vikings had a similar uh way when they uh would uh, I not everybody got you know a funeral pyre 
when they died. Some were actually interned into um, a hill and it would be built up. And it was that same concept going to Valhalla, I believe. So I I can confirm that as not only the future husband of the prime minister of Finland, but as someone who has heavily (laughs) studied Vikings. Yes. Finland is real because Jeff is in love with her. Give him this, Ordi. So wait a minute. I'm just saying. Hang on. Let's recap something for a second. According to Ordi, Delaware is not real. Birds aren't real. And now Finland is not real. I think Ordi's just trying to say we all live in a simulation and we need to just get used to it. Well, there's that too. Fin- but... Finland's not real to humans. Oh, I see. Okay, got okay. it. But you see, the <laughs> thing is with Finland is that I'm not saying the prime minister of Finland isn't real. See, I'm just saying that the country of Finland isn't real. I mean, she is a real person. I've seen her, um, but um, unless she's a CGI. But you know, the whole thing is, is that Finland doesn't exist. No place can be perfect. No place can be number one in everything, just like Delaware. Look, Delaware is always at the top of everything. I don't think so. No place can be that perfect. So it's not real. It is an ideal. Okay. <laughs> or it's in a different dimension. <laughs> or it's in a different the prime minister of the ideal of Finland. <laughs> See, it is not okay. The Finland thing isn't my theory. There's a guy that actually tricked the internet, and it's it goes back to it's a beautiful um, theory. I, I, yeah, it's an internet theory. It, it's unrestricted fishing for Japan. Um, and that, that's why uh, Nokia phones are so big in Japan, b- being shipped by the Trans-Siberia Railroad. Um, it's really fish. Because do you know anybody who's ever had a Nokia phone? How can they be the number one phone in the world and nobody have one? I have one. It's just, I actually, it's, it's not the phone that I use right now, but I still have it in the drawer. And believe it or not, it still has three bars. <laughs> the 2G? I don't know. I'd have to look. <laughs> it kills me that this thing is still working. <laughs> yeah, I talk about it. With, you know, I'll talk about this in chat while we're talking about cell phones, real quick. I mentioned this in chat when Al is doing his prepper shows. Um, those old brick phones, mm-hmm. those are really popular with like backcountry hikers and survivalists because they are so powerful that you can get a signal almost anywhere. Yes. Yeah, and with and with the new uh, Starlink uh, satellites, they're even going to be more effective. Uh huh. There, I mean, yeah, they're a pain in the ass to carry around, but um, you you can get dozens of miles of range rather than just some a few miles of range like you can with the standard uh, walkie-talkie. But okay, so not all bounds were not not all bounds not all mounds were burial mounds though like you have the snake mound as an example right right so just really not good at making pyramids or what um you know uh that could be a good theory i mean not everybody we're just going to stack dirt well you know it it it's funny cuz you have you you go through the jungles of Central America and suddenly there's a building and it looks like a half formed pyramid that they never finished or whatever. Sure. And so you you know so you start thinking, oh gee, I guess you know what scared them away? What happened? What 
you get engineers to study, you know, the um, the layout and all that stuff. It turns out that uh, they built it wrong, so they abandoned it. So sometimes you you just didn't have good builders. You just didn't have good material available. Um, contractors. Exactly. I mean, you you. I mean, for example, you have Stonehenge. Those huge boulders were quarried from hundred hundreds of miles away, and they were brought in, and it took forever. But there was a quarry available, and sometimes you don't have a quarry available, and so you are left with whatever you have around you to build whatever it is that you want to build. And if you want to build, say, a um, a monument to the snake god, or yeah, then guess what? You're going to use what's available to you, and that's what you're going to, you know. Um, but you know, conversely, you have. Tenochtitlan, and you see the pyramid of the sun, the pyramid of the moon, the pyramids in between, and all this stuff, and you know the the layout for Quetzalcoatl and all of this, you know, all of this stuff, and you're like, well, they had it here, yeah, they had it here, but maybe the people that lived over there didn't have it available and were not considered friends to the people who did have it, and just weren't very good, <laughs> and just were not very good. <laughs> We really like stone building. We're just not good at it. And you know, and and that's another thing that a lot of people miss. When you go to Egypt, there are several places where you find ruins. Um you have the pyramids of Giza, you have you see Karnak, you see uh Luxor, you see, you know, the temples of Memphis, you see all of these beautiful things. But off the beaten track, you will find several ruins. And you will find things that never quite got off the ground because they were built wrong. And in, and and sometimes they'll just abandon it. Sometimes they'll take it apart and use it somewhere else. But if the king or pharaoh is in a hurry, he's like, fuck it, drop it, build it over there and do it right this time. You know? <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. That's fantastic. <laughs> but seriously, that... When, I mean... It, when you think of everything that Ramses II actually achieved building during his reign as pharaoh, and you see the enormous statues and everything, there was no room for mistake, okay? He was a very, I mean, he was, I would say that he probably suffered from OCD because things mm -hmm. had to be very perfect with him, which is why a lot of his stuff still survives to this day. It was perfectly built. So when you when you look at all of his stuff that's still around and all that stuff, everybody knows Ramses II because because all this shit is still there, right? Conversely, there are some pharaohs who are not that exacting whose shit is gone. <laughs> and unfortunately, Egypt had a really bad habit when a new pharaoh came along they would it wasn't that they were erasing the old pharaoh it's just that they had to erase stuff to write the new shit down okay it was like a blackboard sometimes the recycling man that's, that's exactly it they would go to where the cartouche of the old pharaoh was and they would chisel that away and put the new one in and a lot of people 
you know, always wonder, you know, well, were they trying to, because uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, there was actually a queen pharaoh, not Cleopatra. Cleopatra was queen, but she was never pharaoh. But we, they did have a queen pharaoh. Her name was Heshepsut. But there was very little to go on. Everybody knew that she was. There were some things of hers that had survived. But her reign was rather short. She died, I believe she had a a tooth decay that really went bad. And uh, she died from the abscess. But, um, you know, when she died, she was buried and all that stuff. That's why you don't eat paleo. But the, exactly. And the next pharaoh, you know, he, he was like, okay, I need to make room. So <laughs> her shit was taken down. Her cartouches were completely chiseled off and his new stuff came up. So it wasn't that she was being erased because she was a woman. Like some anthropologists speculated, you know, and everything. It's just that that's the way that it was done. The reason that you see more of Ramsey's shit is that he made sure his shit was huge. So that you couldn't take it down. And his shit was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And that's why I say that he suffered from OCD. Everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be built to strict specifications. And that there was no room for error when it came to Ramses II. And that's why, you know, everybody knows Ramses II, but hardly anybody knows Hatshepsut. So. But, you know, sometimes the simplest explanation is the right one and i would wager mm-hmm. that that's probably why they use mounds sometimes as monuments because they didn't have the building materials they could not afford to send people to go find a quarry maybe they were they were a very small tribe maybe they had been ostracized from a bigger tribe and they were trying to reestablish themselves at that point and have you ever tried to dig through red clay? It's not fun. That's not fun. No. I, it's it's yeah. it's fun to use it for dyeing stuff, but not yes. not not to not for digging. You can't you can't dig through that. I mean, I think you need a, a jackhammer to dig through that shit. Although although the right amount of red clay in the ground does make for some amazing corn. Really? Sweet mm-hmm. corn heaven. Mm. Yep. Duly noted. Okay, uh, sorry, I've got while we're doing crossovers on everything, I've got to inject some uh, culture shift here because this just came across my feed. James Earl Jones has retired from the role of Darth Vader, signing over his voice rights to Lucasfilm and the AI audio company Respeecher. Luke, search your feelings. <sighs> he should not have done that. Now the well, Mandela just, effect will become real, Rick. Well, well, it just, yep. It just means that they're going to be doing his voice through artificial intelligence from now on anyway, which is just going to be weird. Was that? It just means hey, they're going to be doing I, like his voice through AI. Uh, Top Gun yeah. And I have issues with that. Because that means that Disney is going to keep producing Star Wars shit. And I am so over that. <laughs> they will not let it die. I mean, I'm a, I, I like Star Wars, four, five, and six. <laughs> well, six barely. And <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the first three. I wasn't a fan of the last three. A rogue one, I really liked. I really Spoiler liked Spoiler alert, they die. Yes, right. that's why I liked it. Notice, my favorite book, Wuthering Heights. They all die. 
<laughs> I I am not a fan of love stories that end very happily ever after. I mean, I'll read them, but my favorite ones are the ones that are tragic and don't have a happy ending. And Wuthering Heights, let's face it, their love was so consuming that it turned to hatred and they ended up dying apart. I have to disagree. I love a good happy ending. I am so going to hurt you. I am taking off my chancla and throwing it over to Vermont. (laughs) I'll have another sip of my drink. Speaking of... Hang on. Speaking of happy endings, that's some pretty good arm strength if you can reach Vermont with a chancla. Never doubt the Puerto Rican. Never doubt the Hispanic throw. Yeah, uh, not actually saying how they asked in chat how much he got for it. Uh, they're not actually saying the real story is the fact that Reese Breacher is a uh, Ukrainian company and how they scrambled to get James Earl Joyce, James Earl Jones's voice put in for Obi Wan. So tiresome. I cannot. I'm. I understand. He's getting on in age and everything, and that is... You do not understand the power of the dark side. They have police. Holy shit. (laughs) I I actually have that shirt. (laughs) Come to the dark side, we have cookies. (laughs) I've been wearing the shirt a lot during my suspension. Um, A friend of mine a while ago sent me a t-shirt that uh, it's got kind of like Palmer nose art of a hot chick riding a spark plug and it says my other ride is your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, no, my mom, it's probably true. (laughs) Do do we have an estimated time of arrival to Twitter yet? Amish? I got, my phone's fully charged now. I'm going to try and change the number this week. Amazing. Because it is very, uh, you need to have the phone now. You can't just not do it like in days past. Mm-hmm. So, um, soon, TM. <laughs> soon, TM. Okay, got it. Um, are, we, are you coming back as the Amish, or is there going to yeah, be a I, new persona? That, that is, that's just become me now, more so than the Road Beer ever was. So, yeah, I will be, even though, as was pointed out to me, for my foes, it's easy to spot because I have a very unique posting style. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> Especially when your pin tweet is the... <laughs> right. Yeah, it's the Amish. <laughs> that actually okay. So the the uh, the reason for the pin tweet, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, from the Gods of the Copy Book Headache by uh, Rudyard Kipling. Um, that is actually my thumbprint, so that way people who aren't sure, hey, is that already? Mm-hmm. Um, I've used that as my thumbprint. I don't make mm-hmm. it my first tweet, but I and that's how you, like if somebody makes that their absolute first tweet, it's not me. So. Because there used to be a lot back in the day, there used to be a lot of impersonators of Rodeo yeah. Authority. Yeah, there were. There were a lot of impersonators. That was during the time of time uh, time for gravy, and yeah. those people who actually actively sought out to 
have you banned? And and I believe they succeeded with suspending Fu as well at one time. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, they. I remember you yelling at me because I figured out one of them was you. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> yes, I actually had Wait, my. Oh, well, that was keeping were, it low key. You were impersonating yourself. Is that what I just heard? Uh, it was a backup because I found himself. Yeah, I ghosted myself. I was actually mo- seeing if I could parody myself. Uh, what's meta? <laughs> That's fucking meta. So many things I could say right now. I'm just not gonna. Huh? I said so, so many things I could say right now, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, you gotta be gentle with my virgin ears. No, we don't. <laughs> I, I said this. I said the c word on your show. I know. <laughs> that was so epic. <laughs> to this day, it's like every so often I'll just, whoa, he said that. <laughs> I can't believe he really said that. And yet I'm still not toxic enough. <laughs> Whatever. I already invited you next week. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yes. That's true. He did invite you next week. Actually, you know, I, do, you, I do have a topic for toxic masculinity. i got to run it by G. I'll, I'll run it by G. We ain't got to run shit um, by G. Who's the boss around I, here? I don't know who... Who the hell is the boss? I got roped into doing toxic masculinity. I'm a chick. I have no idea. Who the, who the hell is the, who runs the show? I don't know. Wait. I just wait, show up with a drink. Know. You're not sure who you're not sure who runs the show, but you're talking to the guy that runs the whole station. I'm really confused right yes, now. Yes, this is true. Uh, no, I had somebody asked me a really good question. I am a little tipsy right now, so let me. Hmm, how can I say this? Basically, who does toxic masculinity, who do they target with that? Because you don't see it in the Hispanic community. I mean, the machismo is still rampant, and it's allowed, and it's even fostered. So, well, machismo isn't toxic. Okay, why isn't it? You know what? We'll save it for toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, and it, it's the same reason why toxic masculinity is a joke. In that, machismo is actually chivalry in a way. Mm-hmm. That's uh, being Hispanic. I see that, but like here, where they say uh, toxic masculinity is where you know a, a guy has you know the preconceived notions of what a woman should do and how to treat a woman and blah blah. blah and I'm and I'm thinking. Well, that's what that's what we do in my Hispanic society. <laughs> you call it machismo over there, so and it's okay over there, but it's not okay over here. Well, the and first word the first word describes their feeling toward it. The second word describes the accuracy of it. So it's toxic to them because they're not masculinity. I see. I see. I see that. You know, for me, what I have noticed is that toxic masculinity is only geared towards one group of people, and that's mm-hmm. the white heterosexual mm-hmm. male. Blacks are exempt. Hispanics yeah. are exempt. Gays are mm-hmm. exempt. What? Blacks less so lately. Um, as they've been more, more uh, as a group, forced coming with their, I don't want to say anti-gay, but their belief in man and woman. Mm-hmm. They've been lumped, started to be lumped into that. Yeah, they, 
you know, and, and that's one of the big myths that I covered on a podcast with Mrs. Miss, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Um, she invited me on. You know, I was trying to explain how it is that Hispanics are not a cohesive, you know, homogenous group. We, you know, you <laughs> you cannot call a Mexican a Cuban. The fight will break out. I mean, seriously. And this is goes for Puerto Ricans, and it goes for Guatemalans, it goes for Salvadorans, well, it goes for Colombians, it goes well, for everybody. That was Don't even get me started. Saying that she was African American. No, she's Jamaican. You call a Jamaican an African American, they will cut you. They will. And but but mm-hmm. here's but here's the, the the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that the black community is not as homogenous as they think it is. No, it's and not. and uh, and you know when she asked me to explain that, I was like, well, you know, you were raised in Georgia. A person who was raised in Georgia, a an African American who was raised in Georgia has a completely different worldview than one that's raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And by virtue, the same thing from Detroit, the same thing from New York, the same thing from Dallas. They're Saint all Louis. different. They have a different set of cultural norms. And it's the same thing with the Hispanic communities. But you guys have been tricked into thinking that you're all the same and you're not. And that's why you... You know, that's and I was telling her, like, that's how you need to start reaching out to the more conservative side of the African-American communities that you're in touch with, because they're still under that grip of I must think together like everybody else. And they they don't. So if if I am on toxic masculinity on Wednesday, if you will be remind me to talk about my wonderful experience with jury duty. Uh, this Monday, and <laughs> the gentleman I shared lunch with, I got to share lunch with one of the few black men in the state of Vermont. And it was an hour and ten minutes of awesomeness. Oh, I actually got the, cool. I actually got the dude's phone number. It was that cool. One of, one of so, the few chips on the giant cookie that is Vermont. Yeah, because we're all 96% <laughs> white. <laughs> It's okay, Jeff. I grew up in the valley. It was eighty five percent Hispanic. <laughs> I went yeah. to school, and they were like, we yeah, remind, I'll, "I'll tell you, I'll tell you the conversation we had over lunch, and about a little bit about the case, because I actually think the case would fit in perfectly with toxic masculinity, because it was three charges of sexual assault and three charges of domestic violence. Oh wow! And, okay. And, and it was over three different instances. It was it, it would be a very similar conversation to the the time I was on this show talking Amber Heard Johnny Depp. Oh, coolness. <laughs> you know, okay, you know what's funny talking about the toxic masculinity thing too is that you, the group of people who most often refer to toxic masculinity, um, their allies are huge date rape. Mm-hmm. Um, proponents, and then, mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh, it, if you ever want to, uh, the, okay, what's what's the best way to put this? Liberal men are basically all date rapists, and they're doing the uh, allyship thing as the uh, the sliding into the DMs. Yeah, yeah, as the gateway. Yeah, 
It's like, oh, he wouldn't do that because he's a feminist and he's just he's so in touch with us. And yeah, no, he's a date rapist. Feminism has been more of a gateway for them to abscond responsibility than anything else. Because they, it, he, I mean, that's the easiest way to get white liberal women to drop their shields. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a feminist. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, as somebody who joined the Green Party just to date hippie chicks in college. Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> 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 wow. hey, you know what you 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 mentioned Dee Dee Burkell earlier. Dee Burkell, <laughs> yeah, that's like the 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 uh, poster child yeah. of our generation. <laughs> so yeah, they weren't yeah. all Tori Amos, okay? This is true. <laughs> this is true. Which is more the pity when you think about it. Oh, that's well. where the chicks were, Danielle. <laughs> 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 Yeah, when I went to when I went to college, they were all bowheads. Okay, yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in the mid eighties, every woman had these huge bows, <laughs> bow clips for their hair. I was just like, Were you a cheerleader? <laughs> but I, I'm glad to see that the scrunchie has survived because the scrunchie was one of the best hair things ever made. So I'm glad they're they're still around. Anyway, so is there anything else that we need to cover? Rick, you've been awful quiet. Y'all have been kind of carrying the conversation pretty well, so I've just been making sure everything keeps running. Okay, bud. Yeah, I'm getting good at this live damn thing. Shine on, you crazy diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Getting bit of old Jeff now. See, it's 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 not difficult, Jeff. It's just, you know, like off the cuff. And you never know if you're gonna talk about your stupid relatives in Puerto Rico suffering through eight hour blackouts. <laughs> well and a good example and I know Jeff you're getting it I mean, you have you've got a couple shows that you can't do live. You Lost Wanderer you cannot do live. But we've no, talked about I- that. But if you look at Al, he used to exclusively pre-record, and then Rick kind of tricked him into it. And then we kind we also did that a couple juxes together too. Now Al, he doesn't pre-record anymore. He goes live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's like I was joking about doing the pre-record with John Katz last weekend. That's when I go retarded. I can't complete live. I'm on. You know. But yeah, when I'm pre-record, I just go completely retarded. Mm-hmm. We could fix it in post if you remember to fix it in post. I I'll be honest with you. I love I love pre-record only because I I love tweaking it here and there and I still part of my goal with in the crease is still doing a few scripted shows a year. So I love doing. Although this season three coming up, I will be doing most of it live. But we'll have episode forty-two. Yes. Can't wait for that one. The Life, the gonna, Universe, and Jeff. I'm going to piss everyone off on that episode. I will bring my towel. So. <laughs> <laughs> and petunias. And babel fish. And the- <laughs> <laughs> you might need the babel fish because I'm probably going to be talking a lot of weird shit. If you're going to be speaking oh, in Spanish, then it'll be gefilte fish. Oh, <laughs> very true. Very true. And yes, some of the show will be in Finnish. I gotta say, I'm not a fan of finished food. 
but okay. Gefilte fish. <laughs> I, dude, I, I, I saw what gefilte fish was. I was like, these people are fucking nuts. Uh, well, you know, I eat fried tripe and fried pig's blood. I'm not going to throw any stones from my glass house. Yeah, but I don't, need, I, don't, I don't eat any of that shit, so I will definitely be throwing stones. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, so I get... This has been bugging me. And Puerto Rico being um, more of Spanish culture than most of the rest of the Caribbean. What's your version of chicharrones? Chicharrones? Yeah. Uh, well, it's basically just the uh, pork skin uh, right. that still has fat Adhered to it, deep fried until it's. So it's the actual skin, not just the, not just the. Okay. It's not just the fat. The skin's also included. Okay. All right. It's been, I've been meaning to ask you because chicharrones is one of my favorite things. Yeah, I, um, you know they, I, I've seen both, but for us, the skin is usually included. Yeah. Nice. I know because every time that we had to have, that that we did a, uh, a pig roast. Uh, growing up, it wasn't just for, um, you know, Christmas Eve. It was sometimes we had to um, kill, you know, one of the pigs or something, you know, needed whatever. And um, my grandmother would come and she would be, after removing all of the hair, after pouring a lot of boiling water on top of the skin to make it very soft and pliable, she would actually skin the pig and then remove the fat with it and then she would take it inside she would score it and she would make the chicharrones yeah for those of you who don't know chicharrones are pork rinds mm-hmm. so, but uh yeah no and you know what I, I like the skin idea too because that makes a vehicle for dipping in cheese yeah and and that's and that's what i tell everybody you know you you see the bags of pork rind being sold and sometimes you'll see the bags of the the ones with just the skin you know, and I, I always tell people, it's like, that's the one that you want because it, it's crunchier, obviously. It's not as airy as the other ones. And yes, you could, it's a vehicle for whatever dip you're using. It's, it, it's like fried chicken skin is really good. <laughs> yes. And I'm just eating the skin so you, the rest of you can have the chicken. Yeah, uh, do that with duck, too. Duck is even fattier, so uh, yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you mm-hmm. skin the duck before, it, oh my god, that's awesome! I <laughs> take the skin of the duck, make the the duck rinds, and then you make the poutine with the duck rinds. <laughs> okay, that's like way too north for me. <laughs> oh. See, so tried- you make <laughs> you make the fries with duck fat. Take the gravy, you mix in a little bit of duck fat into the gravy, you put the cheese curds, and then you put the duck rinds on that thing. Oh, oh, oh. That is oh. that is like way too north for me, says the oh. tribe eating chick. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so much Trust for me. not throwing stones, Aggie. That sounds like a <laughs> stone stone. Actually, no, I, I like cheese curds. I've never had poutine. I, I need, I need oh, poutine. Poutine is amazing. I need oh. to expand my culinary horizons. Duck, duck you know, poutine is the epitome of perfect poutine. I love that you said epitome. If, if we ever invite, if we ever invade Canada, it's strictly going to be for Tim Hortons and for poutine. That, that's and maybe Colby Smothers. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm. 
I like Canadian bacon. That that's how. Okay, that, you, so, so we can take that too. Well, that's how people from Alpha Centauri say epitome. You say epitome. That's why. Epitome. Hey, it's one big facade. <laughs> <laughs> Had to. Hey, now. Okay, so I, I I think we're picking up that Danielle does not actually like um, pork rinds. Uh, okay. I think she doesn't like any of the stuff that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. There, feet and head cheese is kind of where I draw the line. I I cannot do head cheese. I, I, this yeah. from the guy that and, and this, this coming from somebody who's had monkey brain. So, you know, there's a line. Uh, but anyway, I think we need to wrap it up because it's getting kind of late. Okay. Once <laughs> we start talking about food, that's when you know the munchies are kicking in. I know. I know. She's, she's got five. She's got five minutes to Mason. She's got to go. There's a bag of pork rinds in my, in my pantry right now. <laughs> you not know, now tomorrow. I'm gonna have to go across the street and get some uh, chicharrones and and uh, pozole in the morning. And pozole. Posole. Which, by the way, uh, that is a, a really good menudo. Actually, uses chicharrones instead of tripe, in my opinion. It, it's really funny. Um, I can't abide menudo, but my mom loves menudo, and she uses chicharrones in hers. I love the broth. The broth is that's the ultimate hangover cure, in my opinion. But it's got to be wicked hot and spicy. I mean, you like mm-hmm. burn your tongue a thousand degrees and spicy. And I spicy. used to. Um, whenever I, when I was still living near San Antonio and I would go drive to my parents, I would stop halfway in George West and there is a Mexican place and you could, you you buy menudo in the weekends and it was like $5 for a serving. You want to know how big the serving was? Half a gallon. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be a couple quarts because that's almost every Mexican restaurant in California, too. It's six bucks for a quart. So so one time, not knowing this, I asked for two servings because I figured, well, it's only $10 and mom could always freeze it. Oh, my God. She When I got there, she actually sent me back to the store to buy containers so that she could just divide this stuff. She had eight servings. Okay, we need some quart Ziploc bags because, honey, you just went too far. <laughs> Her freezer was like stocked. <laughs> anyway, uh, I know, me too. All right, so first off, let's go with Rick. Where can we find you, Rick? Uh, well, the, the, this will be it for me this week because I'm taking tomorrow night off because I have the fair during the day and then a birthday dinner I just found out about in the evening. So I'll be back Tuesday night for. Uh, the whatever show with me and Stacy, and then Wednesday night I'll be doing America Off the Rails, then we'll be doing Toxic Masculinity, then it'll be me and Dan, and then it'll be me and Ordy, because I'm a workaholic, and then I'll be back with either Jen and Rick or the Rick Robinson Show on Thursday night at 10 Eastern. Then we'll be back around doing this one again, and then I'll be producing for the folks of West Coast BS, and then there'll be a replay of Juxtaposition, and next Saturday night, Ordy and I will be making up the episode we missed Last Saturday night, because I went down in the back. So, again, I, I work all the time. Hi, how are you? You can also find me on most social media platforms, at RowdyRick73. So that's where you can find me. Okay. Next, <laughs> Next up, Jeff. <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter, 
at Stoner Brewing Co., where oh, eventually yeah. you'll find more beer post. Yay. <laughs> on KLRN Radio on Sunday night, you can find me on Lost Wonder, where I will be talking UFO spotted over Ukraine. Navy admits it is hiding more footage. Artemis will hopefully be launching again soon. NASA suit apparently helps with menopause. And there's going to be a Hilton Hotel in space. Then, on the following Saturday, I will be doing Asgard North, where I will be punishing myself and whipping myself with chains <laughs> while I review episodes five and six of Rings of Power because I am a dumbass. <laughs> and in, on October 16th, I believe, in the crease returns for season three with the third annual overview of the Nobel Prizes. Wow, that sounds like a full docket. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking yes. about you should actually name the show the Egg Nobel Prizes. The Egg Nobel Prize. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, until I know who's won and why. Yeah, <laughs> uh, true. Usually, the you know the standard prizes are actually pretty good. Literature has been very flaky. Literature, uh, peace, and, and economics. And economics have sucked yeah. ass. Yeah, have sucked ass. But the other three usually been really good. Yeah, true. All right, let's see. And Ordy, where can we find you? Um, right now you can't. <laughs> you can, um, I, I will be returning to Twitter soon uh, for two reasons. One, I've got to do my October 31 Days of Boingo. And um, because it is my birth month, I, I that's my favorite time to be on Twitter. Plus, the uh, pumpkin spice milk aesthetic is my favorite. So I, that, still, I, still, I still hate the fact that you're eight months younger than me. Well, okay. Sorry. <laughs> wait. Do I think about that, Jeff? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Whatever how old are you, Jeff? Whatever Methuselah. I'm 51. And Rick, how old are you? I'll be 50 in May. And 40? How old are you? I'm turning 51 in a week and a half. You mean to tell me that I'm the oldest person in this podcast right now? It's not the years, it's the mileage. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> but you're also the hottest person on this podcast right now. Right, so yeah. That. So that. <laughs> oh my god, I think I got five new gray hairs. Oh, oh my god, X Prize just dropped an X one meme. But that's the aesthetic. I just I prefer the laggings over the jeans, and the gray boots are nice. Anyway, um, I have you can find me on uh, <laughs> Toxic Masculinity this week. You can find me on Rick and Ordy a couple hours after that. Uh, no culture shift this week. Uh, we'll be doing juxtaposition on Saturday, doing the makeup show because Rick was down with his back. Uh, also, we will be doing a juxtaposition every week in the month of October because October, I it's, forgot. October, I forgot it's the spooky it. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you hadn't heard it already, you can find myself and Mickey Blowtorch on the John Katz show. We recorded it last week and it dropped on Tuesday. So look at the John Katz show on YouTube or anywhere that fine podcasts are purchased. Podcast horror. How very cool. Did I forget something? I think I might have. Culture shift. Culture shift, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Right. Okay. Yeah, because we just had one yesterday. Toxic masculinity. I promoted that one. Okay. All right. That They're covered. They're and com- coming back to Twitter, like I said, by the fir- by October. 
or as I like to call it, Rocktober. Rocktober. And where can folks find you? How about you, Aggie? Where can we find you? What's going on with Aggie? What's your name, Aggie? <laughs> well, you can find me at Aggie Regan and at Aggie the Barkeep over on Twitter. Uh, you can find me Tuesday nights. New time is 8.45 uh, Eastern for uh, the Cocktail Lounge. That gives Rick a little bit of breathing room between whatever and uh, uh, producing for um, uh, the Cocktail Lounge. That's why we moved it to 8.45, in case you guys are wondering. It's and not just I, I, it's not my Jones. It's just to, to give Rick some breathing room. <laughs> and uh, on Fridays, doing He Said, She Said at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, usually with Mickey, but he has been very, 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 very busy of late. I'm so happy he did that podcast because I got my fill of Mickey. <laughs> Yay! Amazing. Okay, I, I got to interrupt really quick on that, too, because I, I mentioned it, I've mentioned it to a couple people. I am pushing Mickey for a, another Halloween uh, Mickey Blowtorch production. And yeah. a couple of you know what it is. We're going to keep that one under wraps for those of you who don't. But um, I, he, he wants some help with it. So I, I said I would help a little bit with casting. And um, he needs some production help, oh, too. But Lord. Jeff already did the graphic wait, for it. Wait. We're, and we're, it's we're, fucking we're, awesome. We're turning Ordi. Yeah, Rick, I was going to talk to you about that. We're, we're turning Ordi in. We're making Ordi in charge of the casting couch. I need more insurance. No. I need more insurance. No, I said I was going to help. I didn't say I was going to do it. <laughs> Just so, making suggestions. You said you're going to. What was that twenty said, bucks I gave you then? <laughs> well, you twenty said, bucks is twenty bucks, dude. You twenty said, bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> you said you were. Gonna, you said you were going to help with casting before this can possibly become a thing. I have to help my insurance. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. Well, on KL, HR will be making it. Yeah. Take it up with HR. All right. Well, okay, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for this rather special episode. <laughs> we hope you had fun. We know we did. <laughs> All right. out with your clam out. <laughs> Hail Hydra. <laughs> oh, damn. She janked your line, bro. I did. <laughs> All right. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.